We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. There are some things that we cannot learn except by going the long way. You can't mail it in. You can't download it and just fill it out and up. you got to go through it. You have to experience it. And God intentionally takes us the long way. God intentionally chooses not to work a miracle, but just to take us through it so that we learn all of these things about ourselves and our own heart, but more importantly, we learn about the faithfulness and trustworthiness of God. Have you ever been in the midst of something and asked God to just take it away or fast-forward you to the other side? It could be something as simple as running late for work, and you wish that you could simply ask God to teleport you to your office so you wouldn't have to face the consequences. But today, Pastor Dan reminds you that there are things that can only be taught and learned the long way. No shortcuts. God knows you and is faithful to provide everything you need in His perfect time. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Exodus chapter 14 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. a verse that we Christians like to quote often, and that's Romans 8.28. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to his purposes. And some of you can quote that verse from memory. God works all things together for good. That's verse 28. But the next verse, verse 29, says for knew he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. You see, the good that God is working in our life is to conform us into the image of his son. That's what he's trying to do, is to make us more like Jesus. And sometimes taking us the long way will make us more like Jesus than going the shorter way. But it's so much longer. The other way is so much quicker. Yeah, but you're going to be more like Jesus by the end of this. Oh, okay. And some might look at this and say, but wait, God could have taken them the shorter way and delivered the Israelites by some miracle. And the answer to that is yes. God could have performed a miracle, but he chose not to. He chose not to. Because he's not just trying to show miracles to the children of Israel. God has a lot of important lessons for Israel to learn in the wilderness going the long way. Lessons they would have missed if they would have gone straight up the coast to the promised land. Over in Deuteronomy, you don't have to turn there. Deuteronomy chapter 8, Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 2. 
Listen to what the Lord says here. And you shall remember, this is Deuteronomy 8, 2, and you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness. Why? To humble you and test you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. And so he humbled you and allowed you to hunger and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. Your garments did not wear out on you, nor did your foot swell these 40 years, that you should know in your heart that as a man chastens his son, so the Lord your God chastens you. God took them the long way so that he could humble them, so that he could test them, so that they could learn what was in their own hearts, so that they could learn God's provision so they could learn that man does not live on bread alone, but man lives on every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. So that they could learn that they need to keep God's commands. And all of that came by going the long way. And they would have missed those important lessons going the shorter way. And there are some things that we cannot learn except by going the long way. You can't mail it in. You can't download it and just fill it out and up. you got to go through it. You have to experience it. And God intentionally takes us the long way. God intentionally chooses not to work a miracle, but just to take us through it so that we learn all of these things about ourselves and our own heart, but more importantly, we learn about the faithfulness and trustworthiness of God. Okay? And so he doesn't take them straight up the coast. He takes them the long way. Look at verse 18 again. Verse 18. So God led the people around by way of the wilderness of the Red Sea. And the children of Israel went up in orderly ranks out of the land of Egypt. Verse 19. So he, he leads them out by way of the wilderness. Now, when you see the word wilderness, remember that's speaking of desert, harsh, difficult, rugged desert. Verse 19, and Moses took the bones of Joseph with him, for he had placed the children of Israel under solemn oath, saying, God will surely visit you and you shall carry up my bones from here with you. Now, Joseph died some 200 years before the Exodus, but before he died, Joseph made the Israelites swear to take his body with them when they depart Egypt and bury his body back in the promised land. That's Genesis chapter 50 tells us that the body of Joseph was embalmed by the Egyptians. He was mummified. Joseph was, if you remember from Genesis, he was a national hero. He saved the Egyptian people. He saved the Egyptian nation, and they would have built a huge tomb for Joseph. They would have buried him in a pyramid, except that Joseph knew prophetically that his people would one day depart Egypt, return back to the promised land, and so that was his request. 
that he would be buried back in the promised land when they leave. So for 200 years, the Israelites had Joseph's mummy sitting in a coffin waiting for departure. And as they leave, they take Joseph's remains with them. And they'll carry this coffin with them for 40 years in the wilderness. And once they enter the promised land, they'll bury Joseph in Shechem. Verse 20 says, and so they took their journey from Sukkoth and camped in Etham at the edge of the wilderness. Again, wilderness is harsh, rugged desert. They're about to leave. You can see, if you just look at the satellite image, you can see where the green ends and the desert begins. Right? When you're in Egypt and you leave Egypt and you go into the wilderness, there's no question. Am I in Egypt or am I in wilderness? No, there's like a demarcation line and you step up. All right, I'm out of Egypt. I'm in the wilderness now. Here we go. Let's begin this journey. And now they begin this journey here. They go off. Verse 21. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead the way and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light so as to go by day and night. So we're introduced to this now for the first time. Verse 22, he did not take away the pillar of cloud by day or the pillar of fire by night from before the people. This is God's Shekinah glory, God's presence with them. And his presence went before them, leading them in their journey. God's presence was manifested as a cloud by day, providing shade from the desert sun, a pillar of fire by night, providing light to light their way at night so they could continue their journey at night. And God's presence led them. Now, we don't have a pillar of fire or a cloud to lead us like the Israelites. Instead, God has given us the Holy Spirit. And we have the Holy Spirit dwelling in us. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you're born again. You have the Holy Spirit dwelling in you to guide you and to lead you. And we have the word of God. We walk in the spirit. We're led by the spirit. And his word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And that's now how God leads us. God hasn't left us to figure out our way through life on our own. He guides us by his spirit and by his word. Now that brings us to chapter 14. Look at chapter 14, verse 1. Now the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Speak to the children of Israel that they turn and camp before Pi-Hahiroth, between Migdal and the sea, opposite Baal-Zephon, you shall camp before it by the sea. They're making their way across the Sinai Peninsula, and God tells them to make a turn. And they turn south. They turn down the Sinai Peninsula. We're not exactly sure where these places are located. Archaeologists have some guesses, but we're not exactly sure. God knows where they are. God knows where his people are. He knows where to find them. And we see here, look at verse 3. So they're going to make this turn. And notice now they, they make this turn down. They're camping before the sea. That's the Red Sea. Verse 3, for Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, they are bewildered by the land and the wilderness has closed them in. Pharaoh will hear that the Israelites did not head north along the Mediterranean coast, straight up to the promised land. Instead, they left Egypt and went east, out into the wilderness, out into the desert. And then they made a right turn and started heading south 
down the Sinai Peninsula. And Pharaoh will conclude that the Israelites are confused by the land. They're lost. In the desert, all the mountains start to look the same. All the rocks look the same. Didn't we already walk past that rock a few minutes ago kind of thing? It's easy to get confused. It's easy to get turned around. And that's what Pharaoh will think. And once they start heading southward into the Sinai Peninsula, Pharaoh will think, well, the desert has closed them in. They're trapped. They're going the wrong way. There's no way out. There's no way for them to escape. They're trapped by the land. You're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, Maryland. We'll return to the second half of today's message in a moment. But first, here's a word from Pastor Dan. It's my privilege to share the Word of God with you through our radio ministry, Ring of Truth. Thank you for tuning in each day. Hey, I would love to hear from you. Will you take a moment to email me to tell me how these daily studies have ministered to you? I want to hear your story. You can email me through our website at calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. Now let's join him again for the conclusion of today's edition of Ring of Truth. Verse 4 says, Then I will harden Pharaoh's heart so that he will pursue them. And I will gain honor over Pharaoh and over all his army that the Egyptians, that would be the Egyptians back in Egypt, may know that I am Yahweh. Remember, that's been our question all along. Who is Yahweh? I don't know Yahweh. Well, this final thing, everybody's going to know for sure who Yahweh is. And they did so, verse 5. Now it was told the king of Egypt. So he's got, you know, people out in his land that are reporting back to him. Now it was told the king of Egypt that the people had fled and the heart of Pharaoh and his servants was turned against the people. And they said, why have we done this? That we have let Israel go from serving us. Remember, they were, they were the slave labor of the nation building their cities, their nation is in ruins. They need to rebuild their cities, and they need that slave labor. So why have we done this? And so he made ready his chariot and took his people with him, verse 7. Also, he took 600 choice chariots and all the chariots of Egypt with captains over every one of them. Now, the historian Josephus tells us that in addition to the 600 choice chariots, The Egyptians also had 50,000 horsemen and 200,000 foot soldiers, you know, for a total army of 250,000 soldiers. Verse 8, And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued the children of Israel. And the children of Israel went out with boldness. So the Egyptians pursued them, all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh, his horsemen and his army, and overtook them camping by the sea beside Pi-Hahiroth before Baal-Zephon. Now when it says before Baal-Zephon, Baal-Zephon is on the other side of the Red Sea. So they're camping across from Baal-Zephon beside the sea at this place, Pi-Hahiroth. So they've made their way all the way down to the Red Sea, the Gulf of Aqaba there, that's part of the Red Sea. There's a beach there where they are camping. And so they've all gathered now on that beach, and the Egyptian army 
is barreling down that road towards them. 250,000 men, chariots, horsemen, the whole deal coming towards them here. And they're trapped. There's no way out. They can't escape over those mountains. There's no way for them to get out. And so, verse 10, And when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them, so they were very afraid. And the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. (laughs) I bet they did. You've got 250,000 army men charging towards you, chariots, horsemen. They're backed against the Red Sea with no way out. I bet they were afraid. And initially, look at verse 10. They cried out to the Lord, which is a good thing. But then they immediately complained against Moses. In verse 11, then they said to Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in this wilderness? Why have you so dealt with us to bring us up out of Egypt? Is this not the word that we told you in Egypt? Didn't we tell you we didn't want to leave when we were in Egypt? Saying, let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians. Look at what it says. For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in this wilderness. They blame Moses for bringing them out there to that beach to die. This is all your fault, Moses. You just bring us out here because there's no graves for us to be buried in. In Egypt, we told you we didn't want to leave. You talked us into it. And now here we are, and we're going to die out here in this wilderness. But they all saw the miracles that God performed in Egypt. They see the cloud over their heads. They followed the cloud, too, down to that beach. That's where the cloud led them. God has led them down there. That wasn't Moses' idea. And notice, please, that they say, we were better off in Egypt. No, they weren't. They have selective memory of their time in Egypt. Later on, we're going to see when they complain, they're going to say, we, we miss the leeks and the onions in Egypt, and we miss the flesh pots in Egypt. But they forget the slavery in Egypt, and they forget the taskmaster's whip in Egypt, and the fact that they were required to cast their sons into the Nile River and kill them. They have a selective memory of their time in Egypt, and they think they were better off in Egypt, when life was terrible in Egypt. And sometimes Christians will do the same thing. Sometimes Christians will do the same thing and have kind of this selective memory of what life was like before they committed themselves to Christ. And then as they're now they're a Christian and things get difficult in life, they'll they'll say, I was better off in Egypt. I, I was better off before I was a Christian. I was better off in the world. I was better off before I was saved. I was happier then. Life was more fun then. I I want to go back to my old life. And they remember the fun times, but they forget the bondage and the regret and the shame and the emptiness and the heartache and the longing. And if life was so good in the world, you would have never left the world and come to Christ. If life was so good before Christ, when you heard the gospel, were given the invitation, given the opportunity to receive Christ, you would have said, no, thanks. I'm as happy as a lark. I'm not interested in whatever you're offering. Life couldn't be better for me. But that wasn't the case. 
When you heard the gospel, when I heard the gospel and someone told us about Jesus Christ and told us our sins can be forgiven, and we can have new life in Christ and the old things pass away. Yes, please. Where do I sign up? What do you want me to come forward? Do you want me to go to a room? You need me to fill out a card? Whatever I need to do. If my old life's going to pass away, that sounds wonderful to me. That's where we were. We wanted nothing to do with the old life. We were tired of the old life. We were broken because of the old life. We wanted out of the old life. That's why we came to Christ in the first place. But for some people, they reach a point where they start thinking, the old life was so much better. I was so much happier back then. Life was so good back then. No, it wasn't. You would have never left it if it was so wonderful. You have a selective memory here. And that's what they're doing here. And so look what happens next. Verse 13. We're just getting to the good part now, so please stay with me. Verse 13. And Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever. The Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. Moses says to the children of Israel, don't be afraid because they're afraid. And he says, stand still, stand still. There's 250,000 soldiers coming after us. We can't, we gotta get out of here. We gotta do something. We can't just stand here and not do anything. What do you mean stand still? Sometimes it's hard to stand still, isn't it? Especially when you think there's an emergency. It's hard to stand still and allow the Lord to be your savior. We feel like we have to do something. We can't just stand here and do nothing. We gotta do something. Standing still takes faith. And more importantly, standing still takes trust in God. Do I really believe he can save me? Do I really believe he can get me out of this jam? Do I really believe he can deliver me out of this situation? Can I stand still and do nothing and wait on the Lord to do everything? Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. You can't see a salvation if you don't stand still. Stand still. He says the Lord will fight for you. Stand still so the Lord can fight for you. The Lord can't fight for you if you're fighting for you. The Lord can't fight with your spouse if you're fighting with your spouse about things all the time. You gotta get out of the way. Let the Holy Spirit deal with your spouse. Hold your peace and let the Lord fight for you. Look at verse 15. And the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. Now there's something that is missing here between verses 14 and 15 that we don't know. We're not given all the details here, but apparently Moses calmed the people down. Don't be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. He will fight for you. And once he got the people calmed down, apparently Moses slipped away from the crowd alone and cried out to God. Oh God, you got to help us. You got to do something. God, you got to get us out of this. And the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. There's a time to cry out to God and there's a time to go forward. There's a time to pray and then there's a time to act. You don't want to just get, you know, the paralysis of analysis. And just, I'm, I'm still praying about it. There's a time to pray and there's a time to act. Time to pray Time to go forward. But the Israelites have come up against the Red Sea. How can they go forward? The Red Sea is in front of them. Look what the Lord says. 
but lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than the finest crystal. Ray of Truth just brought you another great verse-by-verse teaching with Pastor Dan Sexton. Aren't you glad you stuck around to listen? We trust today's words touched your life in a very real and personal way. Pastor Dan has been staying in the book of Exodus with its stories of redemption and so much more. You don't want to miss a single episode. And if by chance you already have, just go to calvaryec.com to catch up. While you're there, check out our app to get other messages. Follow us on Facebook and iTunes, too. If you don't know that much about us or what we believe, make sure to visit the About tab. It will fill you in on what we're all about here. Are you in the Maryland area? Come visit us either Sunday morning or Thursday evening. Times can be found at calvaryec.com, so make sure to go there now. Meeting you face-to-face would be such a privilege. Our time with you has come to an end today, and so for now we say goodbye. But before we go, would you give us a call at 410-491-4592 and let us know how this program spoke to you today? Again, that's 410-491-4592. We always appreciate hearing from our listeners. Thank you from Columbia, Maryland, for listening to Ring of Truth. And I recognize the hands that craft and am what I know because I know his voice, and it only takes Rings true.